Welcome back to Roots in the Wilderness. My name is Kate Hamilton, and today we're talking about the Antelope Canyon Ultra Marathon that my friend Brody and I ran this past weekend. Brody's here too. He's going to help me to remind me of things that I want to say and maybe contradict some of the stuff that I do tell you. <laughs> so that's what today is, just a recap of our experience with this ultra marathon. The Antelope Canyon Ultra is in Page, Arizona, and we, like a couple of idiots, signed up for the 50 miler, 50 mile race, which is 80 kilometers through the desert on a horse with no name. It's just kidding. We sang that the whole race. It was other people probably didn't find us funny, but we enjoyed it. We're hilarious. We're hilarious. We're hilarious. Yeah. To get to Page, I flew to Vegas and then took a shuttle to meet Brody in Utah, where his parents live. And then we drove to Page from Utah together. We got to, the race was on Saturday, and we got to Page on Friday in time to go to the race expo and pick up our bibs. And as soon as we got to the race expo, my anxiety uh, set in, of course, realizing that I actually had to run this race and picking up the t-shirt and then being surrounded by a whole bunch of fit people looking around feeling like I didn't fit in. <laughs> um, but it was good. And they had at the race expo, they had a, well, I should also say Page, Arizona is in a Navajo nation. So we were running, the whole race is on Navajo land. So they had a welcome. Navajo people did a really nice welcome and they had hoop dancers and just kind of explained about Navajo Nation and what the land meant to them and that was really cool to hear. After we watched that presentation we went back to the hotel and basically all of our stuff exploded everywhere as we were trying to decide what food we needed to bring and what we were going to wear and luckily for us, uh, Brody's dad, Lyle, our chief crew member, came to join us on page on Friday night. And he came to the entire race to take care of us and meet us at particular aid stations to make sure that we had everything we needed. So thanks to Lyle. I don't know what we'd do without him. He's in there somewhere. Yeah, in the, in the background somewhere in the house. Uh, anyways. So Friday night, oh, we also had a bit of a kerfuffle because the time, I guess the time doesn't change in Page, and it was different to the, all the areas around us. So our watches and phones all said different things. And I Googled the time to make sure that we had the right time, but it was just another thing to add to the anxiety about, are we going to get to the race on time? <laughs> the, the one town in Arizona that doesn't have a change. Actually. Yeah, the one town that doesn't have a change of time. So my phone and Lyle's phone had the right time and yeah. Brody's stuff all had the wrong time. Because I have uh, Huawei. <laughs> Huawei, yeah, exactly. Huawei. They're not allowed in the US. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, so we basically spent the rest of Friday night trying to organize ourselves so that Saturday morning we could just put on our clothes and start the force feeding and then get to the race on time. <laughs> anyway, Saturday morning came very early at 4 a.m when Lyle busted into the hotel room and said, yells at four in the morning, what's the number one rule? Brody. Party. <laughs> Party, exactly. Uh, then my anxiety was even higher <laughs> starting the day. But we got our stuff together very quickly. And then 
again, we had another kerfuffle of time because there was a app that you could download to your phone so that people could track you, so you could send it to your friends so they'd know exactly where you were. It, it, would, it worked with the GPS on your phone. And Brody's, he had it down before I did. It said we were still in the hotel room and the app said five minutes until race start. And so I Googled again what the actual time was. And we had a full conversation about how silly it would be to have the race start at a different time in the local area. So we were pretty sure that we, were, we got it right. Anyway, my, we were still worried until we actually got to the start, starting of the race because, because of that app freaked us all out. Um, anyways, we got to the start of the race at like 5.15. The race starts at 4, 5.45. Yeah. And uh, we hopped out of the car in the darkness with our headlamps, and it was like a sandstorm. <laughs> Crazy wind. So windy. Um, Brody was being a big baby about it being too cold. Yeah. Not a, not a real Canadian. It was cold. It was super cold. <laughs> it was chilly. I wouldn't say it was cold. The wind was annoying, though. Like, it was super windy. Um, cold for five o'clock in the morning when you should be sleeping. When you should be sleeping, yeah. Anyway, but, we went to, we walked over to the, well, once we convinced Brody to get out of the car, we walked over to the starting area of the race. And it was actually, it was a really cool setup. So they had, um, they're called Hogan's, they're a Navajo hut that are made from like mud and sticks. And there was a couple of those uh, at the race start and they had the, they had fire, um, bonfires in the middle of them. So when we went into the Hogan's, it was super warm, like too hot. Like you wanted to stand by the door, which was really cool to get out of the wind and, and be warm until the race start. And all the racers started to gather and it kind of felt like a, you know, it was a little party. Right. Kumbaya. 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 I learned exactly. Right before the race started, Brody leaves to go to the washroom. It's like one minute until race time. I take care of business. <laughs> and here I was, I was like holding my pee because I was too nervous to leave the start time um, and then miss the start of the race and then be very last in the pack and have to try to catch up to everyone. Anyways, then Brody disappears. Lyle and I are standing there looking around. They start the race. I still can't see Brody. And I was like panicking because I was like, if I leave now, if I just leave without him, I'll never find him again. Or what else could happen is he might think that I already left and then he'll leave. And then I'll be again back at the, at the end of the race, the end of the pack, which I was worried about to begin with. <laughs> Anyways, he finally came and uh, it was, it wasn't a big deal because they actually started the race in kind of waves. So not everybody went all at once because right at the beginning, um, right from the start line, it was like we were all in one big lineup for a half an hour. So leaving the start line, we basically went down this big sound hill and then we, uh, what are we crossed the highway and then we all started this, a uh, long kind of scramble up some slick rock and it was uh, a place where you had to go one at a time so we basically walked for the first 30 minutes anyway so it wouldn't have been a big deal and it wasn't a big deal because we went just in a later wave of people leaving but it's really cool to watch the start of the race and everyone in their headlamps kind of entering into the desert just and up this scramble slick line. rock uh, to start the race and uh, yeah we all just kind of followed each other for quite a while until 
uh, well, first of all, until we could actually start running at all, um, and before the group started to spread out. For me, though, too excited. The other thing we were doing during this dark time, dark, the dark, dark time. the dark time, the dark in the morning, is Brody had heard on a Joe Rogan podcast about these supernatural Navajo skinwalkers, skinwalkers that are like half person, half animal. That roam the canyons in the darkness. Yeah. Spreading misery. <laughs> Spreading misery. Yeah. So Brody was hoping he would see one of those because yeah. he needs more misery in his life. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just to add to the yeah. 50 miles. Yeah. I looked it up and it said the they get their their negative powers by touching corpse dust. Cadavers? Corp, yeah. Cadavers. Or is yeah. it cadavers or corpse? I don't know. I don't know. We don't know what we're talking about. Don't yeah. quote us on anything here. Yeah. But we had fun looking for like you know, animal. Apparently dogs. like they have a, they travel from dimension to dimension, even though we couldn't find it on the internet. I heard it on the Joe Rogan podcast. that like, they're, they're able to go from any dimension to another dimension. And if you see one, you might end up going into another dimension. And that's probably what happened to us. Cause we feel like we're in another dimension with this whole coronavirus crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know yeah, we weren't we, supposed to talk about it, but I did. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. We can talk about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then after we did that huge scramble, we basically were just running in the desert. So we were into sand running here. And by this point, the sun started to rise, which was really beautiful. Uh, it was still kind of running in a little bit of a lineup because we were on a trail. Um, and everyone was trying to walk, run on the spots in the sand that were a little bit more packed than the other parts because sand running is hard. But awesome. But awesome. It doesn't wreck your joints. Yeah, on the on downhills, running in sand is so great. You're just digging your heels and it feels so soft. Yeah. Honestly, though, by the for the amount of sand running we did that day, I was really grateful. I had done a lot of snow running. Yeah. Except for of, except for your heel. I guess you, your uh, ankles bug. Bu- oh yeah, my ankle. Sand? That yeah, my ankle problem just always bugging me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, bunch of sand running. The the sunrise was beautiful and. I want to just say there's kind of three parts to this race in my mind. So the first kind of one third of the race was a there and back section. So we left the start line and then we ran out to uh, Antelope Slot Canyons, which I'll talk about in a minute, and then run back. And then there's a second part to the race and then there's a third part to the race. So we're on the first part running through the sand and then we eventually come out to Antelope Canyon, Antelope Slot Canyons. So there's two, the upper and the lower slot canyons, which are really amazing. They're really deep uh, canyons. They're really like cracks in the ground and you have to go single file through them and they're really tall and beautiful land formations. Uh, And there was two really long, nice sections of the slot canyons. Once we got to the furthest slot canyon, that was kind of our turnaround point for the first section. So then we ran back, we ran through the slot canyon, kind of a little loop at the end and then ran back down this very long sand straightaway, basically, back to an aid station, and then back up through the sand that we had just ran through. Yeah. Um, Yeah, just there and back. Eventually, it kind of broke off, and then we ended up in an area of actual sand dunes. We ran through the sand dunes for a while. That was probably the hottest part of the day, actually. The sun came out for a little while, it was still pretty, still really windy. Actually, that whole section was like had had 
we had a headwind. Yeah, for like half the race. Half the race, yeah. It was like we weren't moving very fast. And lots of overcast, which was probably good for us. Yeah, I was so happy that we had tons of overcast. We can't even handle any heat. No, yeah. <laughs> Canadians don't know what to do with the heat. This, when the sun would come out, like full sun for like 10 minutes, it was so hot. I was so grateful that it didn't stay out the whole time. It's a different kind of heat too. It's like... Plus 15 here is a lot different than plus 15 in Calgary, I feel. Yeah, but. me too. Me too. Anyway, um, yeah, so we were running through the sand dunes. Um, it, was kind of, it was a lot of up and down there. There's some, there were some good hills in there, some good up, sand uphills. And then we went down one really long sand downhill. And I was just thinking to my, I didn't think to myself, I said to Brody, I'm like, well, I really hope we don't have to run back up this big long sand hill. We did. We did. We had to. And as <laughs> and we were going down that sand hill, the guys, the people who were... His uh, name's uh, Elov Olsen or something? Something like that. E-L-O-V, whatever that is. Is the guy who won the 50 mile race finished it in just over six hours? Yeah. And he did he beat the 55 kilometers? He was like a half an hour away from the guy that ran the 55k. Yeah, so he, all, he I can't believe he almost beat the guy who ran the shorter distance. Um, we were talking to Lyle Anderson, who's the race director, and he said that he trains with like Jim Walmsley, who, like, I don't know if you know who he is, but he's like the, the best ultra runner ever. But anyways, yeah. So anyways, we were right behind him for the most part, but... <laughs> yeah, for the most part. Until he turned around and was yeah. going the other way when we were going one way. <laughs> yeah, and we decided we just decided we wanted to see more scenery. We weren't really in for the competition that day, so... No, we like to have picnics at every aid station. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, the ones... So there was two... Well, three Grim Reaper uh, stations that you had to meet the minimum time to continue the race. And... Uh, for some reason, I was all worried about that, but we beat them by like three hours, so yeah. <laughs> we didn't have to worry about that, thank goodness. Uh, the first one was right at the start of the race. You had to get to the first aid station by 7.30. That was no problem, even even with the walking that we had to do at the start of the race. Oh, I should uh, say, second place was Levi Hawks, because that's, uh, that's my brother's, the younger brother's buddy, Hayden Hawks, so just thought I'd throw that out there. Shout out to Levi. Shout out to Levi. Yeah, nice one. <laughs> Good luck. Dropping names. I don't really know him. I met him at the running station for two seconds <laughs> through Lyle Anderson, so we're best buddies, but whatever. Yeah, you're best friends, but yeah. I don't really know him. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Seems like a nice guy, though. Uh, so, long down sand hill we're on, uh, and then going in the opposite direction is the fast people who are like Freaks. 15 miles ahead of us by this point. <laughs> And then we eventually get to the Horseshoe Bend aid station. At this point, we're at 20 miles. And that's when we meet uh, Lyle, not the race director, Lyle, our Brody's dad, and our crew chief, who was taking care of us. Thank God. He showed up and had smoothies for us. I ate a bunch of chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> uh, and I changed my shoes there after 20 miles. You did it. Brody's talking. Five, five sets of shoes for the whole race. Yeah. Hey, I'm five. Three. Why not? Three. Yeah, exactly. Why not? I'd Lyle to bring me yeah. new shoes. Different. That gives different pressure points on the bottoms of your feet. That's why the bottoms of my feet didn't hurt after the and race. That's why you got that huge uh, six toe. <laughs> yeah. Blister on your. Yeah, that's true. On your foot there. Massive blister. Anyway, that was the Horseshoe Bend aid station. That one felt like a party. There was like a million people at that station. Oh, it was such a party. It was such a party. 
And that marked the start of the change in terrain, that's for sure. So that was the end of the sand for now. And we ended up, then we started running on on rock. So from sand to like concrete. Yeah, which is way worse. Even though they said the sand would be the hard part. Horseshoe Bend was like so pretty, but so painful. Yeah, the rock, it wasn't flat rock, it was super technical, so you really couldn't run a lot of it. No, it was a lot Most of walking. people were walking, yeah. I mean, I'm sure the guys that finished fast were running it, but... Yeah, they didn't care about their ankles. It was like, probably 10 minutes of, this is so pretty, and then two hours of, okay, I'm ready for the sand now. <laughs> right. I'm over this, I'm over stubbing my toe. <laughs> yeah, hobble. Um, yeah, the, yeah, Horseshoe Bend was really beautiful, so it's a real, it's an iconic... A piece of scenery where the canyon dips down to the Colorado River uh, and it is really beautiful and we ran along the Colorado River there for a long time. We had like 12 miles, uh, yeah almost a half marathon basically of running on that rock uh, and along the river for a long time. Yeah. And then after that we kind of, it took a while to get away from the river and run that rock back in the direction that we'd come from. And we crossed the we, high. We basically like hammered out the first 30, or no. 20 miles. 30 kilometers, yeah, 20 miles in like three, three, no, probably three or four hours. And then the horseshoe bend like took us, <laughs> like, like took us three or four hours just to go through there. And it was only like 20K. Yeah. yeah, it was like 12 miles or something. So if you're going through that part, expect to go really, really slow. Yeah. So. Yeah. When that ended, we entered one last slot canyon. Yeah. Uh, that was really cool. Had the one, ladder. That one had the big ladder that you had to go up. Yeah. yeah. And then we had one very long uh, back to sand straight away. Yeah. A very long one all the way back to the Horseshoe Bend aid station again. So that you was can, like the you second You see the part. aid station for like a couple of miles and you're just staring at it like, yeah. Hmm. Are we going to get there? Those are the stretches that do your head in. And there's guys on doom buggies just on the side, just like drinking beer, just like, you guys are idiots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're like every guy we passed with the dune buggies, we made a joke about boring them. They're yeah. probably so sick of it, yeah. stupid jokes. <laughs> we had it, we had it dialed down by the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it was probably the same guy. I think, I think it was, he's just like, quit talking to me. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's like, it's like, I felt like he just moved along with us the whole yeah. race. Anyway. So that was the second part, basically, of the race. So the first part was the slot canyons. The second was the horseshoe bend and the rock area. And we came back to that same aid station, the horseshoe bend aid station, the party station, where Lyle was there again for, with, uh, for us with more smoothies and uh, more cookies. And, uh, yeah, that what where, where, by that point we were at, how far were we by that point? Actually, uh, here's, here's the map. You could show Probably... Well, we had 30 more kilometers go, so we were like 50k in. Yeah, we were like yeah. 50, so like... Uh, yeah. Where is it? What is that in miles? 32 miles. We're at 32 miles, so we still had 17 more miles to go from that, after that section. Yeah. So the first section down to Antelope Canyon, Slot Canyons, and then we ran over to Horseshoe Bend, did a big loop there. This is that long sand straightaway. Sorry for those of you listening that can't see this. And then um, we kind of loop back near the city. And that took quite a while, this section here. How long was that? Like 32 to um, 30. Okay, it was like 10 kilometers. 
six miles from the horseshoe aid station to the page rim aid station before kind of that last section of the race. For some reason, I thought the last section of the race that around page just by looking on a map would be not that nice, just circling the city. But it was so beautiful running around uh, the city of, or town of Page. Yeah. The Page Rim Trail was gorgeous. If, you, if, you, if you've never been there, it's like the such a pretty town. I wasn't expecting it. So. Yeah, it was really beautiful. nice. It was really beautiful. Oh, I also want to mention, be, previous to this race, this 80-kilometer race, the furthest I'd ever ran was 55 kilometers. So Brody and I had a celebration at 55 kilometers, Kate's passing new my longest distance we, ever. We basically yeah. had a celebration every kilometer. Yeah. Ever <laughs> it, took, it took us so long to do a kilometer. Yeah. Once you get to that far, like, first of all, at least for us, Brody and I, running long distances like this isn't fast. Like, we are, you take your time, you settle in, you force feed yourself because we don't like eating while we're exercising, but we have to, otherwise you won't make it. Yeah, um, we did good though. We had no stomach issues the entire time. Yeah, I can't believe it. We, we were able to eat the whole way, which was, yeah. thank God. For me, which is amazing because I usually end up barfing. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, glad you did Seriously, barfing. <laughs> barfing. <laughs> Strength in numbers, that's what we yeah. get through the race. And, uh, but what happens is, like, now we're near the end of the race. It turns in from a, from a slow run to a shuffle, <laughs> the ultra shuffle. Which is slightly faster than a walk. You feel like you're going really fast because it hurts so much, but yeah. you're really just yeah, doing a speed walk, but a, a little gimpy run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, total, total gimpy run. But we pass tons of people. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, that per so the last section around that page rim trail, that 17 miles or whatever, that trail was beautiful. It was the type of trail that you would crush if you were only running that, if you were feeling good, because it was, wasn't technical. The hills weren't, I mean, there were some bigger hills, but in general, it was really rolly. It was really, really beautiful, really nice trail. Thank goodness because we weren't stubbing our feet as much. <laughs> compared yeah, to we didn't. No, nope, none of us wiped out. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's so beyond me since yeah. I fall all the time. Yeah, no falling on this race. This is the point, though, this last section here where we started entering the pain cave. The pain cave is a beautiful place. It's a wonderful place it's, you want to be. It's the place you want to be. Yeah. It is the place where. You can't find anything that doesn't hurt, so everything just blends together just as one big One encompassing hurt. pain. Yeah, one encompassing <laughs> pain. There is one key to the pain cave, one key and one key only, and that is you only have your mind left, so you better be thinking, I can do this, otherwise you will not do it. Because <laughs> yeah. it is terrible. It's every step, every movement is like, Oh, just cringeworthy. I had, Brody made a comment about it earlier, my sixth toe. When I took off my shoe at the end of the race, I had a blister. Like if you put your pointer finger and thumb together that big, that stuck out like three inches from my foot. Oh. And in any normal situation, that would have hurt oh. so bad while I was running. I did not feel it at all. I had way bigger problems going on that that wasn't even a concern like it was just like everything is just like you're just like one big pain the way i felt was i could snap anything at any point and you what did you say you, how you felt like 
you're a piece of you could just like shatter into oh, a yeah, piece like, of pieces. I was like, basically, if I tripped and fell, I'd be like a glass plate and just shatter all over the trail. Like all my bones and my limbs would just go everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, Brody and I had different. Like we both were in the in the pain cave right at the very end for sure. But we all had we both had different waves of pain caves when <laughs> when one of us was a bigger baby than the other. And Brody's in the pain cave. He is like, slow down. Can we need to walk? I need to drink and eat something now. And I'm like, okay, Brody, no problem. <laughs> Here's our chief crew dancing, dancing away. <laughs> um, and uh, when I'm in the pain cave, Brody is like, no, keep running. Like, you go in front because it'll make you get more motivation to keep going. We're not stopping now. I did no not break. say anything like this. <laughs> you did. I wasn't, I wasn't, like, I was just like, I was just like, like, all right, we got this. I wasn't like so pushy. You make me sound like I'm a drill sergeon. I was just like, you're like not but it, you know, it's funny when you're in that much pain. I probably like even just a remote, just be like, okay, let's keep going. Just like, felt like, felt like. Like, come on, let's go, let's move this. Like, you know, like total drill sergeant. Because I know that, like, when you're in that state of mind, just somebody even being like, I'm going to run, you're like, you're an asshole. Why are we yeah, running right yeah, now? Yeah. I hate you. Totally. But I get I get really quiet when I'm in the pain cave. I just get into my, like, uh, I can do this. I get into my self motivation talk in yeah. my head, and I just, like, barely can answer. No, we did really good. I think it's, like, uh, I think it's a good thing going forward. Yeah. Because, uh, if you can stay in that, the longer you can stay in that, the better better off you are. It's true, the faster you can get off of your feet. Yeah, like we didn't, like there was a, I think there was a point for me at 60K when I was like, uh, I'm so over this. And then after that, I had a little smoothie and then things seemed to pick up on that last like the 15 kilometers, I think, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. But it was like, the pain was there, everything sucked, but it was just, <laughs> it's just like, you just kept moving and it, it, it hurt to walk, so like. It hurt a little bit more to run. It was just like pick your pick your poison, really. Yeah, it's so. true. That's what I'm most proud of. This whole the whole race was we ran most of those last 15 kilometers, most of them, and uh, I have never been in so much pain in my life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was a uh, it was crazy. But there was also a benefit. Not Brody and I weren't racing against anyone for sure. We just did it to finish. But we passed a lot of people in those last 15 kilometers. And I know, yeah, it's like, I shouldn't say this, but it's like, it's actually so motivating to pass other people at the end. <laughs> like, I know you're supposed to be like, everyone's supposed to be in it like, oh, it's just like, you know, the ultra community, everyone's supporting each other. But like, also, nah, like, I want to pass you at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Brody became a competitor. Right? Yeah, like, it's like, even though I'm like passing you like so slow, I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. And then you, you, you run by people and you go like, you're doing great. And in the back of your mind, like, I just I just bumped up a place. I know I'm a jerk. <laughs> so funny. I just, I wanted to keep running because um, I felt like if I stopped, I, that I would just stop. Yeah. <laughs> like that would be it. Um, but then once you get close, it's so funny though. Cause I felt like once we had come to the last 20 kilometers, which is a long distance, I was like, we're so close now, Brody. We're almost done. Brody's like, we're not almost done. That's a half marathon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like Kate, we were at sixty k, and she's like, "Okay, we got this." Like she was like me at fifteen. Like we had fifteen left, and she's like, "She's like, we got this." And I was like, "I was like, Kate, we should eat." And she's like, "She's like, no, no." We're I'm almost done. Like I can almost see the finish line. It's like we're just starting the bedroom trail. <laughs> she's like, "We got this." Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And then when you get into the last five kilometers, so it really sets in. You're like, "This is we're done. We're done. Yeah. We can just we can keep going." And then the last, I think even the last like mile or whatever kilometer and a half 
We ran. It, it's, we this is hard good. for us because we have to convert everything to kilometers and miles. Yeah. And we don't know miles very well, so very we apologize for being stupid about all this. Yeah, and going back and forth between yeah. kilometers and miles. But that last mile, I couldn't believe how we, I think we picked up that pace for the last mile, even the shuffle pace. Didn't yeah. We? Oh, yeah. We we're flying. Like, we're, we're going like yeah. 830 a kilometer. We're basically, <laughs> which is pretty pace, fast, actually, for person. being a complete pile of crap. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Uh, and yeah. And that was the end of the race. We The end of the race was basically up one big sand hill. So, so I decided that I was going to, like, Kate, you know, she would have beat me anyways, but she, <laughs> she, she could have taken the, the, the place ahead of me. So we decided that, you know, it would have been, like, Kate and then me over the finish line. So Kate gets ahead, and then at the last second, like, there's, we didn't see this other guy, but she passed this other guy somehow. And anyways, it ended up being Kate, this random guy that's on our, our footage, too, that just, like, passes the line in front of me somehow. video, too. Yeah, and he, like, and then, like, we're taking a video, and, like, I think my dad isn't even filming me. He's just filming this dude, other dude that passes me right at the end. Anyway, so it ended up being Kate, this random dude, and then me. So <laughs> I got two spots ahead of yeah. me, so I'm just glad. She, pur- she did it on purpose. <laughs> I did. No. No. Honestly, I just got, the guy was walking, and I was like, I'm running still. I'm not going to walk yeah. because you're in front of me here. Too bad I'm passing you right in yeah. the last 500 meters. <laughs> you talk about me not being a team player. <laughs> yeah, Brody, let me, let me have it. <laughs> Whatever, I waited for you yeah. earlier. That's, that's, that's true. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, luckily, we run similar paces, so yeah. <laughs> it works out good. There's really no, like, you're not going fast on these races. No, there's no, no. At least we're not going fast. Okay. Anyway. And then we finished the race. I, I was so proud of myself. And they had, you could pick your finishing prize of either a big medal or a uh, pottery, this really nice pottery clay cup. Yeah. A 50 mile. I chose the, the mug. Brody likes his medals. <laughs> <laughs> then he wore around his medal the whole rest of the night. I wish. I wish I did. <laughs> I always forget to do that. You can only wear them yeah. that one day and that's it. Yeah. Once the race ended, we walked back to the car with Lyle, who was there uh, waiting for us. Got into the car and then the fun began when you try to get out of the car. <laughs> yeah. Walking upstairs. Yeah. It was pretty bad. You felt like you had been hit by a gigantic truck. Yeah. There's night. there's some of these guys that do the 100 miles. And, like, when we were finishing, they were just starting the other half of their 100-miler oh, race. Yeah. And, I mean, the next day we even drove by and there was people. Like, it was, like, 9 a.m. in the morning. People were still going around the Pedrim Trail. So it was still insane. Like, we were thinking, like, I don't know how, I don't even know how people can do that. It's crazy. No. No, I don't but, know how people can do that. Yeah, it's pretty amazing that they can run for that long. Yeah. And we the, we kept meeting up with that one guy who did the... There was one guy who was doing the 100 mile. Who, he was he ran about... Was running the same pace as yeah. us. Yeah, he finished in like 26 hours or something. Yeah, but, pretty amazing. Yeah. There was one girl... 209, I remember his name. Justin Bennett. Yeah, there you go. There you go. What's up, man? <laughs> I know you're listening. Yeah, Long-time listener. You ever watch this? Watch <laughs> uh, there was one girl who finished through the time cutoff so that like I said the Grim Reaper times were those two times during the day and then the finish line for the 100 mile race the finish time was 30, 30 hours, hours. Yeah. and if you were over it by 5 seconds you get a do not finish or a uh, not do not finish but do not qualify right uh, I think it's just a do not finish 
They don't finish in time. They still finish. They give you a medal, but they don't. They, you don't get an official time. Yeah. You don't get an official time. But she finished just after 30 hours. What a slap in the face! Yeah. And Brody said, talked to Lyle, the race director, yeah. and said she was so out of it, discombobulated, yeah. like she was going in, running in the wrong direction yeah. at the finish line because she was so. Lyle up. was trying to tell her to come in, and he was like, "Go this way. This is the way to go." And then she'd run the other way. And then he'd be like, no, you're going the wrong way. Come back this way. And then she started going another way. And then I think that probably screwed her over and pretty good. And then her time ended. But yeah, what a total. Slap in the face after 30 hours but of running. that's the time. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. The yeah. one thing I have to say about the 100 mile is they, the 100 mile didn't have to do the rock section. That's our slowest, the hardest part of the race. They didn't, they didn't run that part, did yeah, they? Yeah, they did. Did they? Yeah, they did. But they didn't loop that one lots of times. No, they just looped the pay, the last section, the Page right. Rim Trail. Okay, so the 100 mile included the Slot Canyons, the Horseshoe Bend, and yeah. then it just repeatedly looped the Page Rim Trail until they were done. Yeah, yeah. and to make us feel even worse, we finished at like 12 hours and 20 minutes, 20 minutes like give or take. Um, and then the, the first 100 miler that came in was at 15 hours. Yeah. So he basically yeah. ran 50 miles, like that's in, like in the span of like like two hours. To, yeah, it's crazy. Pretty insane. Yeah. So fast like lightning. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah, losers. Pretty impressive. Jerks. Yeah, jerks. <laughs> I, hate I hate those guys. Just kidding. No. Anyways, and that was that was it. That was the race. That we we hobbled up the stairs like very difficult with so much difficulty. We planned to go out for beers. Didn't. Didn't. We drank a beer. I, we didn't even eat anything. We had so many like weird calories in us that like we went to the grocery store. Yeah. We didn't even want anything. Like I think Kate got an orange. <laughs> no orange I did. And like, oh no, you got a couple things. An orange. Oh, I ate chips. I yeah. ate broccoli and hummus and orange. Yeah, and then I just got like this fruit cup thing that I thought was gonna be delicious. Then when I got back to the hotel, I took like two sips and I was like, this is gross. And then we just went to bed. <laughs> and tried to sleep except everything hurt. Yeah. You couldn't move. Your like my, my, for me, my hip joints were so uncomfortable. Like it's impossible to sleep. Yeah. You're so tired. Yeah. it's it, I, it actually was surprisingly hard to sleep Yeah, compared to what you would think it'd be because you're exhausted. But just the whole movement, your body yeah. is just in shock. Yeah. At least, I, at least, I don't know. I'm sure that lots of people that do it all the time are probably just like that's nothing Fine. 50 yeah. miles back not for me yeah, yeah. Is, like, whenever i think of the fact that i ran 80 kilometers yeah. i'm like well, okay you're badass I would, <laughs> I, I would compare the feeling to probably getting into a getting hit by a car going roughly 30 kilometers an hour and I going over so. the windshield and then <laughs> and then getting up and trying to walk and then trying to walk for the yeah, next day yeah that's true yeah but you know surprisingly i didn't feel that bad the day after like not nearly as bad as i yeah. thought i would i had some shin splints on my right leg but like really yeah. nothing too bad we went to zion's the next day and decided that we were gonna hike angel's landing nice recovery hike which was way too much for like it was i think it ended up being like a 13k hike or something and we like we had no problem going up and we knew yeah. that it was going to be good going up but going down like our our joints were so destroyed we're being passed by old people and children thanks yeah it was, it was kind of funny too because we had like these race vests like these hydration vests and we just looked like 90 year old 90 year olds going down with poles with poles <laughs> And yeah, we, we just felt like we should tell people what we did just so we're like, they knew that we 
we're not gimps. Yeah, but, that we're not just that slow and normal. But we didn't. We just, we just, we, we just, told, we told one guy. We embraced it. Yeah, we did. <laughs> told one person. Yeah. One person. Yeah. Uh, that yeah, I still think we were better off for doing it, even though we probably should have picked just a different height, one that was more flat rather than straight up, like yeah. straight down. Um, but that was good. Anyway, yeah. So that that was the race. Um, as far as if you are a long distance runner and you want to run that race, it was really that beautiful. Like it was. Yeah. It was Sh- worth it. Shout out to vacation races and everybody there that puts on such a cool event. Yeah, yeah. Even in like this huge crisis that they almost got canceled, like seconds away from like the race, like yeah. going through. Paul uh, Anderson said that basically it was like he was on pins and needles the whole time, seeing if this race was going to go by, and that he's getting emails from everybody all over North America telling him that he's a horrible person for putting on this event and whatever <laughs> he did it and it was awesome and we had a great time so yeah. well also the thing about ultra races it's not like a, a big city race it's, it's in personal nature so big open air and then also people aren't crowded together like yeah at the start we were together but it's so spread out like you go for ages without seeing people once the once everyone's kind yeah. of spreading out um so yeah and it really was a nice way to see the area. We, we feel like we left there feeling like we knew our way around Paige and all the different sites and stuff that Paige has to offer. It was like we got like two weeks of tours into one day. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> For real, yeah. yeah. So check out Antelope Canyon Ultra Marathon. I'm going to have in my show notes a link to a YouTube video that has a, that Brody's made about all, with all the footage of the race if you're curious about seeing what it looks like. And yeah, feel free to message me if you have any questions about it. Thanks for listening. Brody, thanks for chatting with me here and making sure that I covered lots of the stuff that I wanted to talk oh, about. Oh, you're welcome. Buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm Kate Hamilton. This was Roots in the Wilderness. Thank you for being here. Bye.